As I said earlier on, we're going to continue with the Armour of God series, and um, today we're going to be thinking about the breastplate of righteousness. And I just, had, I just wanted to start the sermon this morning by bringing back some um, stories from my Navy time. I remember very vividly when I was called to the Navy, and I remember very vividly now, as I was thinking this morning, the time when they call all the guys to get on the bus, and then they'll, they're going to take you to this unknown place called the Navy base, which nobody has been ever before because you had to be in the Navy in order to be there. So I got on the bus, didn't know anybody, unfamiliar place, and then you happen to go to the headquarters, and then they decide where you're going to go. So there was a lot of uncertainty. And then the first thing, when they take us to the base on the very same day, they give us our uniform. And I think I mentioned it last time I was here, that we had to get rid of every single thing that was civilian. And to be honest, the way they did it in the Albanian Navy is that you created a pile in the middle of the army, well, Navy base, and you set it on fire. So all the civilian clothes, anything that had to do with which was not Navy or military, had to go away. So that's what we did. Um, and then <clears throat> what happened was that they started training us. The first week was the introductory week, what you do with this. And uh, for some of you who already know, I used to be part of the torpedo boats. So then they start to train you with you know, what, what makes a torpedo and all those things. And then gradually, they kind of add stuff to your armor. Until the moment that you finish your three months training, you've tried out all the possible ammunitions that you're going to be used at that particular sector, and then they send you off to different bases. And what happened with me was because, um, because, well, God really worked in a miraculous way for me to be in a good place, um, I, I didn't have to do a lot of um, armed guard. But what I, what I had to do was that I had to finish all the training and had all the whole armor ready. So I had everything that I needed for the whole year, even though I didn't make use of it. And when we're thinking about the armor of God, sometimes we really think of it as if it's one piece, and that's what we need to make use of it. Whereas Paul is encouraging us, well, He's commanding us to put on the whole, the full armor of God, to embrace it all and not to be selective about it. The reason why we're taking this series in stages and t being selective in the way that we're treating every of the themes is because there's so much truth in each of those themes that we could embrace and feel fully equipped then to go and fight the battle. So today we're going to talk about righteousness. And basically, in Ephesians, um, Paul speaks elsewhere about 
righteousness. And when, when Paul talks about righteousness, he, he's got in mind different things. In different letters, he says different things. He mentions the fruit of righteousness. He mentions pursuing of righteousness. He mentions the crown of righteousness. But the majority of time, whenever Paul talks about righteousness, he talks about God's gracious initiative in putting sinners right with himself through Christ. So carrying on the same conversation that Jane started us off, it's the legacy of Easter. It's the legacy of what Jesus accomplished in the cross and in the empty grave that we could carry on because what Jesus did on that cross can make us come to Father and say, Abba, Father. Because the scriptures say that before we're enemies of God, whereas now through Christ, we can come to him and trust in him. So whenever Paul talks about um, righteousness, he's, he, in his mind, or in his majority of time in the scripture, he's, well, in his writings, he's talking more about what God has done through Christ for us. Which makes it very interesting because it makes it much more accessible, the armor of God. Because when Paul says, put on the breastplate of righteousness, actually, the whole package, including the breastplate breastplate of righteousness, especially the breastplate of righteousness, comes from God. So the whole armor comes from God, but at the same time, This element of the armor, which today is the breastplate of righteousness, this is also from God. Because he has gone to the cross. He has gone to suffer for the sins of the world in order that humanity can be reconciled to God. And actually, Paul is very clear that this reconciliation, this righteousness, happens only through Jesus Christ. There is no other way. So when we, when we talk about righteousness, the first thing that comes to my mind is that actually it is impossible to earn righteousness. If you, if you would like to look at this more in your own time, have a look at Romans chapter 3, chapter 4, chapter 5 this week and look what, what, what it brings and the amazing passage that Paul writes in Romans. But actually... When I think of righteousness, I think also the saying of Jesus saying that your righteousness should exceed the righteousness of scribes and the Pharisees. Well, what what was different and what was so interesting or what was so strange about the, the, the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees? Well, if you go to Luke 18, verses 9 to 14, you've got the parable of the Pharisees and the parable of... Let's, let's have a look at it together. Luke 18, verses 9 to 14. Here we go with the parable again. So you've got the Pharisees and the tax collector. And here comes the Pharisees and he says, God, I thank you that I am not like the other men, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, And even like this tax collector, I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. 
But the tax collector stood at the distance and he said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Jesus says that our righteousness should exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees. But as, as human beings, as individuals, or as me, as a person, I like a little bit of self-righteousness. It's comfortable. And also, I think the, the way I can, I can enforce it or back it up with my self-righteousness is actually from the standards that I have got, from my convictions, from my ethics, from my practices, and even from my achievements. But when we put the self-righteousness into this place, then I think we, well, I'd like to suggest that we risk our own discipleship. We risk our own way that we follow Jesus. Because, as I said earlier on, there is no righteousness without Christ. There is no righteousness. If you try and put righteousness and you take Christ and what he did from it, then it's no righteousness. And I think that is, that is why when we say as a church we believe that we want to be rooted in the Lord Jesus Christ, that's why Christ has got such a big picture and such a big place in what we think and what we do. Because if we resource in him, then we will be able to bear the fruits of Jesus' ministry here on earth as a church. So the righteousness that comes from Jesus, that is only in Jesus, actually it's revealed in Jesus and therefore we can embrace it. But we're talking about righteousness. And in this particular case, we're talking about the breastplate of righteousness. And what, what, what is it that makes this breastplate of righteousness good? Well, the first thing that we're asked is to put it on. It's part of the armor. And one of the reasons why we want to put it on is for the very same reasons that Hillary shared earlier on. It's protective. It protects the vital organs. It protects the heart. And do you see how the connection of the righteousness with the heart is again connected? And Jesus, or Paul here, is asking us to put it on. It's the part of the full armor of God, and we are asked to put it on because it is protective. Because in Ephesians 4.27, he says, Do not give a foothold to the devil. Do not give him an inch for him to try and get a hold of you. Don't miss the point. So, actually, if it's the armor of God, and if it's the full armor of God, it's there for you. It's there for me. And the, the, the verb that we are asked, the, the main verb of the whole six verses from 14 to 20, is actually to stand and put it on. It protects our heart, it protects our will, and it protects our conscience. Now, going back to my Navy time, whenever we didn't have any high officials on ground, the level of creativity that we took to do things with our uniform 
was great. People would do all sorts of things. Um, the pro well, the younger sailors would have a beret, and uh, it was all different shapes and forms and the way that they do it. The moment that we would see a high official, then he had to be presented in the way that um, we were required, and the, the way that we were trained to put on the uniform. Um, and I think when we think of the armor, sometimes we have got the tendency, when we think of the breastplate of righteousness in this occasion, I think we've got the tendency to be fashionable with it. And as Christians, in our conversations, in our circles, as churches, as communities, I think we're much more worried about the aesthetics of the breastplate of righteousness rather than the function of it. So when we, when we say it is protective, it's there for a purpose to protect our hearts. And when we have embraced this righteousness, I think one of the things that we don't do well whether we take it for granted or we abuse with it, is that we have the freedom to abuse and do whatever we want to do with our Christian life, with our Christian decisions, with whatever we do, because we've got this righteousness, because God has declared us sons and daughters of God. Sometimes we are formal. And sometimes the aesthetics kind of misplaces and misuses this kind of armor. It's there for a purpose, to protect us. Part of my training was also the parades. We had to show as a whole base how good we were with our marching and with our uniforms. By the way, we won the parade. But it was part of the parade that we had to train. We trained for two months, well, six, eight weeks, seven weeks, until the... So we trained nonstop for it. Trained six hours a day, and everything had to be right on a square and stuff like that. And this morning I was thinking of it. I was thinking that perhaps sometimes we think of the armor of God as a show, as a parade, but the purpose, why they gave us the, the whole armor in the Navy in the first place, it wasn't for the parade. It was, a, it was for the Navy. It was for the call for the Navy. So when God gives us and asks us to put his armor on, his full armor on, it's not only for the purpose of us showing who we are, but it's for the purpose of using it. And in this case, if we're talking about the breastplate of righteousness, is are we using this breastplate of righteousness to protect our hearts? And what does that look like for each and every one of us in different stages of life, ministry, work, family? Do we wear it or do we claim that we wear it as just as a badge of honor? Check me out. Or do we really claim it that this is what God has given us and we're going to follow Jesus by putting this armor on? The armor is not only protective, but is accessible. 
And I want you to link it a little bit with what Jenny shared last time. Because truth is quite connected with this. Actually, belt holds the whole armor together. And when we're talking about righteousness, I said to you that it affects three different areas of our life. It affects our will, it affects our conscience, and it affects our feelings. And I just want you to ask the question this morning, that how real or what is the reality of this righteousness of this breastplate of righteousness, what is the reality in the areas of my will? What is the reality of this breastplate of righteousness in the area of my conscience? And what is the reality of this breastplate of righteousness in the area of my desires? Is it transforming you? Are you letting it to transform you? Remember, it's from God, through Jesus Christ, in faith. The other thing that I wanted to say this morning is that not only that this righteousness is accessible, but actually is expressive, is demonstrative. Because when we have embraced what Jesus has done for us, on the cross, we really have embraced the legacy of Easter. And actually, we, whether we want it or not, if we have truly re- embraced that in faith, there are things here that need to be changed. So it kind of shows that we've got the newness of life which is in Christ through His Spirit. And that's why Paul is saying, put it on. Put it on, because this is how you're going to protect your heart. This is how you're going to be actually transformed by it and renewed by it. So what are the issues that we can think of this week that we need to make a mental note whether we've got the breastplate of righteousness on, whether we are putting the armor of God on, I'd like us to think a little bit about this and even to pause. Because instead of wasting our lives trying to earn something which is already there, given to us, let us be, be, let us be mobilized as individuals and as a church to stand up and put the armor of God on which is full, which is protective, which is accessible, and is life-changing. Let us not forget that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces or evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day and having done all, stand firm. Father God, we thank you that you have given us this armor. 
forgive us for the times that we take it for granted or we, we don't make use of it. Misplace it, abuse it. Have mercy on us. But God, we thank you that you have given it to us. And as we think, Lord, of this week, we commit all our situations that we think, Lord, that we need this righteousness of Jesus that has been put into our hearts to take stand and actually stand and protect our hearts, our will, our conscience. Lord, forgive us for wasting time to try and earn our own righteousness when it's already there. So this morning, Lord, we want to thank you with our hearts for the Lord Jesus Christ who died for our righteousness so we could be righteous in favor with God and with people. We commit this week, Lord. We commit our decisions. We commit our lives. We commit our families. Help us, Lord, to stand up, stand firm, and put your armor on. In Jesus' name, amen.